Welcome to The Art of Growth in our series on business instincts, seeing how the instincts show up at work, in our leadership, and today we're going to be talking about change, how we experience change through the lens of the instincts, and how to move towards health in that setting. But before we get started, our three-month group coaching groups are now open. We have some groups that are going from July through September, and this month we are doing a parenting webinar. You can sign up for the parenting webinar at www.theartofgrowth.org. And that is the place to reach out to us if you would be interested in having us do some coaching, training, consulting at your organization as well, and be one of the companies that is getting the edge on competition by developing more emotional intelligence. So they function better as teams and are better at relating to and reading their customers. But for now, myself, Jim Zartman, Suzanne York, and Joel Hubbard are going to have a conversation about change. Let's get into it. So the topic of instincts has been fascinating for me as I bring it together in the world of change management, which is my background, my passion, and and what I really enjoy doing for companies and people. The instincts piece that is just giving me a whole new range of conversations to have is this idea that when it comes time to change, there's this perception that people resist change. Hmm. And for me, it's not that they're resisting change. It's that in times of change, we have to revert back to more reptilian thinking in our brain and more reactionary and therefore more instinctual responses And so what I see during times of change is that people's needs and the fears that they have that come from certain instincts comes through more clearly during times of change. And I'm watching as this is happening, as people are navigating periods of unknown and trying to get their needs met and overcome their own fears because they want to change, but it's seeming harder to them than I think they want it to be. Mm. And so what I wanted to explore with both of you is this idea that the problem isn't the change. The problem is our response to change. And our response to change is there's so much about our instincts that determines how we navigate times of change. How so? When you think about those three instincts, the preserving, uh, the sort of pioneering, and then the teaming or social, how do you see that? Yeah, absolutely. So if the change is one that you have to accept versus one that you are driving from within— What I see are the different ways that people respond to it. Some people say, okay, change. Change sounds good. Let's just go. And to me, that's the pioneering. We'll figure it out once we get there. Yeah. And other people say, well, 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 wait a minute. When we change, how is this going to work? And am I going to have the right skills and the right resources? And am I going to be okay Mm. when I change? And that, to me, feels more preserving. And then in the middle, I hear questions around who? Who who am I going on this journey with? How is everybody else doing about this change? Very social, social yeah. nature mm-hmm. of it. So they're very concerned about, will people stay connected? And, and so the journey of change for some is super exciting. And for others, they're willing to move on the journey when they're clear about the path. And others will go depending on the people. I can totally, when you just said that, like, my mind immediately went to someone saying, a client of mine saying, the biggest or most traumatic experience in the change was who I was going to be with, like yes. the losing of the team, mm. the, the mm-hmm. people that they'd worked with for so long. 
that they'd found this like love the team, love yeah. that collaboration, interaction, and so on. And for them, that was more traumatic than the actual details of the change. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So and interesting. I, and yeah. I see that when when people's first question is about the who. Well, who else is going to change too? Or, and I'm coming from the vantage point of organizations right now. This is not necessarily about personal change and transformation. Totally, yeah. um, so inside companies, when there is a change, I can tell by people's questions mm. what they're trying to figure out. And I believe that what they're trying to figure out is more instinctual coming from their instincts and their needs and any concerns that the instincts might have than it is from the higher level thinking that we attribute to the neocortex, for example. Yeah, because you immediately can start asking questions like, am I going to have my job? Am Mm -hmm. I going to have the resources to do the job? So those can be that preservation thing. You know, what's this team going to look like if we have to replace three of our people and then they all have to be brought up to speed and then what is that going to look like so all of those change things can be very um feel like they're slowing us down like what do we do because this part of my core value system is getting rocked right now Mm -hmm. and the other one that i would add is people saying well i like to do the job And so that to me is is that more of that pioneering energy. So if there's a change in structure to the company or a change in strategy, people will say, do I want to do that job? Do I want to do it with those people? Will I be able to do the job? And all of these things come up for people. And so that's often the vantage point that we use in, in engaging people is answering those questions. And so we've always had this understanding that those are the concerns people have, but I want to get at why they have these concerns. Yeah. And I do think it's instincts, a lot of is that play based you on the instincts. Are say, yeah, yeah, you are saying Ooh. some things that are just making so much sense. Like, so years ago, I was in sales uh, for a telecommunications company that was buying up other companies that was merging regularly. I mean, mm-hmm. every year we had a merger. And my team, my sales team, I would say it was dominantly sexual, self-prez, or self-prez sexual. Okay. With social as the sort of neglected one. And probably not the managers. The pre- managers probably had more social, but the, the definitely the individuals there had, had a lot of that. And the funny thing was, each time we had a merger coming up, I didn't want others to know this, but I felt excited. Yes. Because for me, what it spoke to was opportunities. Yes. Something new is going to come out of this. Something exciting. Then what I would do is I would tell potential clients, people I was trying to market sell to, oh, yeah, we're going to buy up this company. We're selling. And that didn't always have a good effect <laughs> because mm-hmm. people heard that as, oh, no, what's happening, right? So the lack of awareness mm-hmm. that not everybody sees change as an opportunity for something new. Right. But sees it as – and so you talked about response to mm-hmm. change – I immediately thought of interpretation. What do yes. I make of that? Like yes. personally, I made, I thought that was great, like great new opportunity. Right. Other people's interpretations were very different. Yes, absolutely. And that's what's also interesting. If you have a leader that says, oh, great new opportunity, and then a team member who says, well, wait a minute, that leader's all of a sudden thinking, oh, this person is resisting. Mm. And so I do a oh, lot yeah. of coaching with leaders to say, that's not resistance. Right. Really what you're seeing is that people have needs that they're looking to get filled in. And in the absence of information, they're going to fill it in in a way that could be counterproductive to the change you're trying to drive. Mm. Oh, that's so good because what you're talking about there is the two different interpretive grids of the leader who's saying, oh, this is 
you know, exciting change or we've got this kind of going or this is the direction we need to go because the board wants it. And then the person on the receiving end who's like, I understand my role. If there's a reorg, am I going to understand my role once there's this reorganization? And the person that's initiating the change and that's their job. And a lot of times people are brought in to initiate change who are mm-hmm. good at change. right? And right. then people under them are just being like, are frozen and how, what's this going to be a cost to me? Yeah. And so you have the person who's pushing the change because that's their job. They've been mm-hmm. brought in to do so. And then they can kind of look at everyone else as like, well, you're just resisting change. And I think the instincts offer an interpretive grid to understand what both mm. parties might be struggling with and afraid of in that context. And if they have those questions answered, how much help, more helpful that is to them. Yeah. If we can take time to say, you know, yeah, let's talk through this. Yes. Yeah. Because those are important to you. Yes. Yeah. And many times there's a model that's been around forever, the head, heart, hands model, which lines mm-hmm. up with our centers yeah. of intelligence as well. I just think the instincts could unlock these conversations in a different way than the centers of intelligence. Yes. Because mm. you know, we'll often say in the change space, you know, you've got to capture the heart and then convince the head and then enable the hands, you know, mm-hmm. so so get people emotionally connected, give them the information they need, and then give them the, the training and the tools. I think that's part of it. But the more I get into the instincts, what I recognize is that there's another way that we can approach helping people move past the countervailing forces that they have towards change. The instincts are like the habitats. They're more than just like, how am I feeling about something? It's, yeah. what is the world you live in? What's the habitat? What is that like for you? And it includes all three centers, sir. Head, heart, mm-hmm. body. Absolutely. But that's the idea. Now you're dealing with the entire habitat of that individual as opposed to just an aspect. Um I'm curious as to what got you into this because you come out as a preserving first. That's your dominant instinct. Second is that teeming social, you know, Mm -hmm. and third is the sexual, the pioneering, which it tends to be that like, I like change. I like something Mm -hmm. new. And so like that, like I'm confused by that because it's like you have this change that you are doing for organizations. Right. So what drew me to it was the experiences I had that were very difficult during times of change because I didn't have what I needed to successfully move through it, and I wanted to give it to other people. And so the promise of change management is that a structured approach will help us engage people and move through the change more effectively and more quickly to get to the other side of where we want to be with less disruption as possible. Not You can't totally minimize it. Sure. And so for me, it's if change is going to be around us, I want to be a part of, quote-unquote, managing the change or, more appropriately, translating the change into the information and the experiences that people need mm-hmm. to have a positive experience when I struggled in times of change. Mm. Yeah, because change can feel like chaos. Yes, And then what the management side of it does is it's bringing the organization Mm -hmm. to the chaos. Right. So it's bringing structure to that which can feel nebulous. Right. And as a preservation structure Mm. is very appealing to me. And then I think as a heart type, the idea that I could better identify what someone is going through and help them in this time of change— is really appealing to me. And maybe that's the social part of the instinct that comes up next for me. And so so the structure and the ability to connect people to the change and to help them move through it 
And the unlocks that I see when people take the time to take another person's perspective. Mm. Because when we go through times of change, we forget, or this is kind of a newer conversation, is our lens is not the only lens. Yeah. And so I've seen so many leaders, They a lot of the leaders rise to the level that they do because they're able to move through change differently and be more pioneering. Not all leaders yeah. are pioneering by any means. But what I also see is that they when we can explain to them that other people are experiencing change differently than they are and they can shift their approach, they see such a difference in how people uh, will follow them mm. as leaders. Yeah. As you're saying that, what came to mind is a couple changes that I've witnessed that were not handled well. Right. Because you talk about you got to engage the heart and then, you know, inspire the mind and get that engaged and then you can empower the hands and those can do things. But often when I've seen it done and it's not systematic, it doesn't have that kind of logical approach. It doesn't feel any less like chaos when someone just gets up and says this change and it's really exciting and this is how you should feel about it and you should be really great and this is going to be amazing. And it's got all that emphasis of like how to feel without actually giving the context for the the comfort by it being laid out in a more <laughs> right. guilty as charged. Yeah. That is totally what yeah. I've done. It, it's it, and that's the lack of intelligence of the dog. Dude, I was of not one thinking instinct. of you. Yes, you were. Joel, Joel, Joel. Um, Remember that? Time? No, but I have that energy too because I went. Right. I, but sure, then I have that. Sure. I have the eightness that's like, don't tell me how to feel. And then yeah, I push yeah. against right. it when someone yeah. has tried that on me. Yeah. yeah. Well, and then the employees have a, a dissonance of you're telling me I should be excited about this, but yeah. I don't feel excited. But I'm not so sure I can tell you I'm not excited because it could be career limiting. Oh, yes. So yeah. now you, if you don't have the psychological safety on the team during yes. times of change, people will not tell you what they're actually but thinking. But yet they're not yeah. going to be wholeheartedly engaged they either. They won't be whole, and, and they will leave. What, right. That's what ends up causing exactly. So that's where, the, that's where companies oftentimes have problems is in – one individual or several individuals kind of pushing one dominant instinct, say, for example, that pioneering, I'm going to, yeah. let's just push this. And if you're pioneering and you're pushing, but no one's really coming along wholeheartedly with you, you're actually going there by yourself. Yeah. Yes. And so then it's ineffective, right? right. So if you think and of like, I out, want it to be ineffective, what's that? And then who walks out the door is the preservation people who could have actually managed the change that you wanted to enact. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so you and, you and I could uh, do a lot together here. <laughs> well, actually, the funny thing is that bridge of you managing change is like, oh, yeah, I could totally see how that would help. Someone like myself who who wants to see something new and, and wants to see change, and you can bridge that by saying yes, and you can. It's not mm-hmm. like a no to the pioneer, like, no, you right. can't do this. Right. It's yes, you can. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And in fact, we want it to be successful. Yes. We want it to be so successful that not only do you pioneer change, but everybody comes with you. Wouldn't that yes. be an incredible yes. story, right? Yeah. So that's the part I was lacking in my change when I was leading Another organization was trying to push change and then not having wholeheartedly people coming alongside and not understanding why. Right. Like, why aren't you? Because isn't this exciting? Isn't this going to produce all the changes? Because I did see that, that illustration of you're all in the woods together. You've created this, you know, this land that you're in together. You've created all this, this wonderful settler kind of space and you're comfortable, but we're running out of food. That was what I would see. I would say, you're going to run out of food. Right. Like, we got to go. We got to move. We got to change. 
and nobody else could see that. Like, or what I should say is, that's what my interpretation was. Right. You can't see it. You're yeah. running out of food. You can't see it. Yeah. When probably they were seeing it, but my vision of change did not contain those structures, the information that preserving energy seeks or social energy seeks. Right. Yeah. Or it didn't yeah. meet the needs of, well, wait a minute, if we leave this space, are we going to be safe in the next space? Right. Yeah. Right? right. And so, yeah. so oh, it's yeah. a question of helping that person see, yes, in the next space you will be safe. And what do you need to feel safe? This is not the leader to solve for this. Right. Um, but knowing that there could be some people that have questions of security, yeah. what do they need to, to feel secure about going to the next place. Yeah, and I've seen you do this, Suzanne, with companies that we've worked with in a really good way where people will say, we, we, we have to go in this direction. And you're like, that's totally possible, but we're not going to like improvise our way into it and it's not going to get there on our excitement and energy. Like, that's totally possible and this is how we have to go about it. Yeah. So I see the three energy in there is super helpful of systematically being able to break apart how do we achieve that goal, but also slowing it down enough to be like, this has to be laid out in a logical way because otherwise certain people get really fired up and certain people shut mm. down. Right. And I'm sure a lot of people who have run companies or have been in a reorg or something have experienced that very thing. Bunch of people are real excited, bunch of people shut down. And mm -hmm. then you end up like, well, those people just didn't get it. We got to get rid of them. We'll get new people in who are excited about right. this. And that's not, right. <laughs> that's not ideal. Well, an unbridled excitement for the next adventure is helpful, but it can't, it's not the only thing. You right. need people who are going to, mm -hmm. to know how to settle the next place mm -hmm. Yeah, so mm -hmm. that it does yield the results that we expect with the change. Mm. So how does that work in your mind? So you hear a company say, we need to go in this direction. Yeah. And they're like, this is this is where we need to go next. Mm -hmm. And you go, okay. Well, yep. And my first question is, well, where are you today? So that we can see the distance to go between here and there. Yes. And then knowing that all three exist, both at the senior leadership team level and within the company, meaning all of the instincts, all of the responses will exist, it's getting a sense of what's the magnitude of change and this organization's readiness to, to make the change. Mm -hmm. And so if it's a huge magnitude of change and they're exhausted, this is going to be a harder sell yeah. than if it's a big magnitude of change, but people are excited already. They're really engaged. And then vice versa. Mm -hmm. If it's a small change, then, okay, we can probably navigate this pretty quickly. So I like right. to know what degree of change are we about to to uh, impose on the organization and where are they in their ability to accept it? Yeah. So the love, there's like a matrix of like yes. the level to change and the readiness yep. to change. Exactly. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, and so there's, there's so much more in that too. And part of what's exciting about that is being able to harness all three of the instincts um, at different points in the change journey. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, well, I could see harnessing the three as the thing that increases the readiness. It could for sure. When we think of our own lives, I can remember back to when I had my daughter. I had my daughter, I bought a new house, and I changed roles within my company. <laughs> if you tossed me a fourth change, there's yeah. absolutely nothing I could have done to absorb it. Mm -hmm. But if I haven't had those other changes and you toss me the change that you wanted to, I can totally catch that ball. Mm -hmm. So we've got to be aware of what's happening. What's on my mind is that we're all about to go through a, a change of going back into the workplaces. And it is going to be received differently by different people. Mm. 
Some people have had very different experiences over the last year and a half. Some people can't wait to get back to the office. Some people can't picture going back to the office and like, wait a minute, I built this system that I have right now at home and it's working for me. Mm -hmm. And now I'm going to need to uproot that and go back into the office at times. And so what I would want for people to to think about, because we're all going to navigate this together, and some of us are in leadership positions, is what could be happening for that person that you may or may not know? Could the magnitude of this change be bigger for that person than you realize? Could their readiness to make this change be lower than you would think? And to just see what are the needs that maybe the instincts could help you recognize in people. Mm. Yeah, that's so good because... I'm just thinking of all the clients that we've talked to in the last year where not only do you have this issue of am I going to return to the office or not, and then on top of that, because of what's happened in the pandemic, there's been massive reorganization and structural changes to the company. Mm. And on top of that, because of this remote work thing uh, has opened up, I mean, I've talked to dozens of people that they don't live in the same state as the company they're working for. They've never even seen the office or been to it. Um, They're in a totally different world. And so you're navigating all these things on top of it, and then people have shifted roles and on top of that, or they've had to figure out new ways. And so this is extremely relevant to where companies are, um, which is, this is why y'all need us. Like, we should... We should work on this with you Um, because this is, this is so, this is where people are right now. And they're trying to navigate something that they've never had to figure out or face before in a context that they haven't had to face before. And then on top of that, you have these um, desire for more emotional readiness so that you can handle the change. And so this is the crux of so much of, I think, where our hearts are right now because we want this to go well for people. Yeah. Yeah. And I do believe that we can affect people's readiness for the change if we tune in to what do they need to be ready. So thank you so much for joining us. Our hope is that you are tuning in and you are becoming more ready for the coming season so that you can move through it intentionally instead of reactively. So we hope you found this conversation useful. You can reach out to us at www.theartofgrowth.org. You can go there right now and sign up for the next round of group coaching. You can also sign up for the parenting webinar that is happening this month because certain things work better in a webinar than they do on a podcast. We want to bring some content in that way. And that is also the hub to take a free Enneagram test or an instincts test. And it's the best place to reach out to us as well. So make sure you are subscribed. If you leave us a review on iTunes, it really helps people find this content. You can follow us on Instagram at just art of growth. But for now, my friends, may you be ready for the change ahead and may you set intentions on where you want to go. May you be aware of yourself and how you will be influencing things so that you can bring more harmony to the process by balancing out and including other voices around you to proceed from a grounded and confident place. Grace and growth, my friends.